Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody? Gibbs here with number 419 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time list. It's Eric Church with Chief. Chief is the third studio album by the American country music artist Eric Church. It was released July 26th of 2011, recorded 2010 through 2011 at the Tragedy Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. The genre of the album is country, outlaw country, and southern rock. Released on the label of EMI Nashville, produced by Jay Joyce. There were 11 listed tracks on this album, but there was a 12th bonus download track. So, really, 11 tracks counted on the album total, and 5 of them were released as singles. Those were Homeboy, Drink In My Hand, Springsteen, Creepin', and Like Jesus Does. Not a lot of background information on the recording of this album, but after its release, it received very positive reviews from most music critics and received a nomination for Best Country Album at the 54th Grammy Awards and won Album of the Year at the CMA Awards and ACM Awards. This album also had really good sales, but not all over the world, as I feel like country music isn't really a genre that reaches worldwide. It's more of a United States popularity thing, I think. And that shows in the sales as it was certified platinum in Canada, but that was the only certification outside of the United States. And in the United States, it went three times platinum. So selling a lot of copies, but mainly just here in the United States and not really making a worldwide impact. As well as those certifications, upon release it did debut at number one on the U.S. Billboard Top 200 and the Top Country Albums chart, and it sold about 145,000 copies within its first week of release. Its second week the album fell to number two on the Billboard 200, but still remained at number one on the Top Country Albums chart. Even though it wasn't certified in these other countries, it did manage to reach chart numbers on other countries, such as Australian's country albums. It peaked at number 13. On the Canadian albums, which in Canada was certified platinum, it reached number 7 on their billboard. And the UK country albums, it peaked at number 4. So it did reach in the UK, but just didn't gain any certification from over there. As well as appearing on this list, it also appeared on Rolling Stone's Best Albums of 2011 list, coming in at number 19 there. When placing this album on this list, Rolling Stone had this to say, quote, Eric Church emerged in the mid-2000s as one of country music's best new singer-songwriters, and his third album rolled all of his gifts into a tight package that was rock-influenced, Rough Around the Edges, and Catchy as Hell. Hungover and Hard Up shows the North Carolina native's abiding gift for drowning his sorrows in booze and melody. And on the classic Springsteen, he invokes Bruce's music as a way to access 
the passion of youth. The songwriting is so confident, even the ballads swagger a bit. End quote. I agree with this to a certain point. You definitely feel the little swagger throughout the album. His style definitely comes off as very confident. Though, as far as reaching outside of the boundaries of what had been done before, I didn't really get that a whole lot with this album. I felt some of it kind of threw back to what some would stereotype a country album as. Meaning, songs about trucks, their dog, their wife. You know, you always hear those jokes when people that aren't really country music fans are talking about countries. Those are kind of the things that they always go to and say that, you know, every country song is about those things. And it kind of rang true a little bit on this album, I found. It seemed to be a big base of what the album was about, just different Things that fell within the stereotypes that you would figure a country album to be like. And that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means that as far as reaching out of the boundaries of what was being done before him, I don't think he really achieved anything amazing. I do think that I tended to like this album probably a little more than some because he does incorporate a little more of that southern rock element to it than just a straight country twang album but for the most part this album is definitely a country album which normally i would say isn't really my go-to that's probably the one genre of music i don't gravitate towards a whole lot i find myself to be very diverse when it comes to what i choose to listen to but if you're flipping through my music catalog, you'll notice there's not a whole lot of country. There's some country, and I like a lot of the older country, like Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, even Merle Haggard, artists like that. And I really like that, and I really enjoyed the Loretta Lynn album that we listened to earlier. But as far as new country goes, it's just usually not a genre that I get into as much, but... I did like a few tracks on this album that really stood out to me, and I liked. I liked the opening track, Creepin'. That's one that I'm probably going to end up adding to my personal collection, because I just really enjoyed the feel of it. I felt like it had a really good riff, and I really liked the, as we've talked about before on previous albums, I'm kind of a sucker for the megaphone effect. I kind of like the use of that, and he gets a little bit of that tin can effect going on the vocals on that song. So that was probably my favorite track on this album. I also liked Jack Daniels. I thought that that was kind of more of a fun song. It wasn't really my favorite as far as the song goes, but it was a fun song. It was about him getting in a fight with Jack Daniels, the alcohol, the drink, and how it kind of kicked his butt. And it was just kind of a funny song fun drinking song and a lot of people can relate to maybe drinking a little bit more than they should have and not really feeling the best the next day so that song is definitely one that people can relate to and it was a fun song to listen to I also liked Homeboy I thought that that was a 
really good track on this album that kind of stood out above the rest. The Springsteen track that Rolling Stone really referenced as standing out to them, I didn't really find it that great of a track. I, If I remember correctly, it did have a pretty good guitar solo in it, but as far as the track, I, I don't know. I The ones I mentioned just now, I feel like they stood out to me more than Springsteen did, so... But overall, not a bad album. There wasn't a song on it that I absolutely hated. There was just more songs that stood out to me, I think, is more of what I would call a stereotypical country song. So when placing this album on the list, on my version of this list so far, I kind of look back and this one definitely, it's certified, which a lot of albums that we've listened to with the exception of, I think, the Earth, Wind, and Fire album, a lot of the albums that we've listened to so far haven't really mentioned certifications, and this one did, so that's good. But I also saw a lot of the part of it being certified triple platinum here in the United States had a lot to do with the streaming aspect of it, and I happened to notice on Spotify that I think he has roughly... A little over 5 million subscribers on Spotify monthly. And his out of his top 5 tracks, 2 tracks from this album were actually still his most popular streamed tracks. So that's good, but a lot of this is based on streaming of a few songs. And it makes me wonder, you know, how much of that is accredited towards that. And maybe not the full album. So I definitely give it credit for selling well because like I said the some of the albums that we've went through recently haven't had that mark. But I also feel like the influence just isn't there and he wasn't really doing anything outside of the box that would garnish any kind of special recognition and as I said, it, it's a good album. I didn't find a bad track on the album, but it's a forgettable album, I would say. I would think that by the time I listen to another 10 albums even, that I'm probably not going to remember a whole lot from this one, just because not a lot of it stood out. There wasn't a lot of special things done. So I'm moving it back a little bit, but not as far as what I initially thought I would be moving it back. I kind of looked through the list a little bit more and was debating on whether to drop it back quite a ways or just a few spots and it's going to move back probably about nine spots I'm going to put it at 428 which is just in between Beck's Odelay and MIA's Arular and this album will be behind M.I.A. just because I feel like M.I.A. had a little more political influence and maybe did some different things that this album just didn't have. So that's where I'm placing this one for the time being. Would love to know your thoughts on it. You can always reach me, the rolling review at yahoo.com. Going over to Facebook and liking the page over there where you can see updated versions of the list there. Next time we have Dire Straits with Brothers in Arms, which I'm really excited about because, as I was just telling my wife, it has one of my favorite guitar riffs on there, but we'll get to that. And 
break down that album in the next episode. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is The Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind. <laughs>